Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing investing in water and assets related to the provision of water. I'm Andy Craig, co-head of the Investment Insights Centre, and I'm joined today by Justin Winter, Senior Portfolio Manager and Co-Portfolio Manager for the Water Strategy at Impacts Asset Management. Welcome, Justin, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Andy. It's a pleasure to be back. Once again, we're seeing headlines in the press about the increasing demand for water, the intensifying impacts of the climate crisis, which is putting huge pressure on water resources. The UN has reported earlier this year that water use is increasing by about 1% a year, and it has done at that level for the last 40 years, driven by population growth and changing consumption patterns. And they forecast, the United Nations forecast, by 2050, the number of people in cities facing water scarcity will double from around 930 million in 2016 to up to 2.4 billion. So clearly, this is a topic of great importance um, and potential for investors. Justin, the last time we spoke about the impacts of climate change for investment you talked about some of the developments. What has happened since? What have the notable developments been since we last spoke? So the visible impacts of, of climate change continue to mount up. So in Europe, if you go back sort of six months ago, a lot of concern about drought and water shortages. More recently, we've seen floods in Italy, and this is sort of a characteristic of climate change, this sort of you know drought and then deluge impact where warmer air means that it holds more water and we have heavier rainfall events. So that's something that, you know, it's going to be with us for, for a long time. And then more recently, again, in, in North America, we've seen these terrible wildfires in, in Canada and then that impacting air quality all through the great cities of the northeast of the United States. So the visible impact of climate change continues to mount. Its impact on us from a water investment theme point of view continues to build as well. So there was a report put out last year by a group of consulting engineers called GHD, and they estimated that out to 2050, there was $5.6 trillion worth of potential losses to global GDP. Water scarcity is, is a big part of that, and I'll talk about that in, in a moment. But, you know, interestingly, almost half of that is from stormwater events. So these sort of high-intensity rainfall events causing a lot of economic damage as well as, unfortunately, um, loss of life. But but turning to the water scarcity side of things, so it's definitely having an increasing impact and, you know, a lot of focus on, on water security in the United States. So we've seen in Arizona, the city of Phoenix has stopped approving houses in parts of the city on concerns about the long-term sort of viability of, of water supply there. And the US EPA put out a, an estimate recently saying that $625 billion of drinking water infrastructure investment was going to be needed over the next 20 years. That's a big number, but it's also a 32% increase on the estimate that had been published five years before. And, and a key reason for that increase is the impact of climate change feeding through to water scarcity. Justin, obviously, climate change is a huge theme at the moment. And each year we start the summer with very, very hot weather and forecasts of more hot weather to come. But if we look more broadly at the global economy, one of the big 
topics being discussed and where we're seeing evidence of this happening is the onshoring of manufacturing in key industries, in what are seen as strategic industries. Do you see implications for water in, in terms of the onshoring of these strategically important assets? Yes, that's definitely true. So look at the, the history of semiconductor manufacturing in the US. So before it sort of started to be outsourced and now it's being reshored. For a number of reasons, there was a, a cluster set up in Arizona. So there were tax breaks involved and you know, this is going back many, many decades now. But, you know, this sort of $200 billion of new investment in semiconductor manufacturing in, in the US coming through. And a good part of that is going into Arizona. So TSMC and, and Intel and others announced expansion in that part of the world. Obviously, a place where there isn't an abundance of water. So I mentioned Phoenix cutting down on housing approvals already. So this is an important driver on the water side of things because if you look at a fabrication facility, something like 6% of the investment cost, it varies on where they are, but about 6% will go into water infrastructure within that plant. So that's either making ultra pure water that's then used in the manufacturing process or also sort of reusing water on the other side. So you can reuse it within other parts of the plant or you can have a closed loop system and continue to use it to make the chips. But that scarcity of water has increased the focus on water reuse and therefore sort of increase the opportunity set for companies who are providing solutions into that area. And this is something that's going to be around for a long time. So in terms of the long-term investment potential or potential for businesses operating in that, in that space, it's looking very, very compelling. And one of the other topics that's been in the news recently is coverage of the fact that there has been contamination of water supplies in, in Europe and in the U.S., by what are known as forever chemicals. Can you talk a little bit about that and what's being done to address that issue? Yeah, so this is another sort of huge opportunity for solution providers in the water space. So forever chemicals are a group of compounds that have been used in consumer products and in industrial manufacturing since the 1940s. It's one of the broadest categories of chemicals ever used. So there are thousands of different types of these chemicals that together are known as PFAS. So the reason they've been used so broadly is because they've got great chemical properties for resisting water and grease and stains and to put out fires. So thinking about clothing, so it was used for waterproofing, to repel stains, also on carpets as well as clothing, for cosmetics, improving the appearance of our skin, uh, to make it look a bit more shiny, and then in food packaging as well. So, you know, pizza boxes, microwave popcorn bags, like used very, very widely because of these attractive chemical properties. And it was also used as firefighting foam very broadly as well at airports and, and military bases. So unfortunately, another chemical property is that they don't really break down in the environment. So that's where the name forever chemicals comes from because of this characteristic of not breaking down. And as time's gone on, the research has become stronger that shows that exposure to high levels of these chemicals, it's linked to high risk of different types of cancers, so kidney cancer and testicular cancer and other health problems, some associated with decreased vaccine response in children as well, according to the Centers for Disease Control in the US. So sort of very negative health consequences from these chemicals. And, you know, it's very easy to come into contact 
with them, either through water or through food that's been contaminated with water, and they build up over time. So in the US, they basically found that nearly everyone in the US has been found to have some amount of PFAS in their blood. It's been found in the Arctic, in the open ocean, in polar bears and, and pilot whales. The stuff's pretty much everywhere because it's been used for so long and, and it doesn't break down. So I'll talk about the US in a minute, but it's also in Europe, in the Netherlands, the town of Dortrecht, if there are listeners who maybe are based in the Netherlands. So there's a really serious issue there, an old DuPont plant that's now owned by Camors, but you know, a significant issue there and people basically being told not to eat any vegetables that they grow in their gardens in that part of the world. So because of these health impacts, there have been a lot of um, lawsuits, particularly in, in the US, so thousands of them. And more recently, there have been a number of settlements specifically around firefighting foam. So the properties of the chemicals have meant that they're really good for putting out liquid fuel fires in particular. So think about, you know, at an airport, if there's a crash and, you know, you've got liquid fuel that catches on fire, you need to put it out. So PFAS great for that application. And then used since the 1960s for that purpose. And think about all the training that's gone on in that time by fire departments and, and the military to go out and have these sort of test runs to put out these fires. And then these chemicals don't break down, they leach down into the groundwater and ends up into the drinking water and then it contaminates the drinking water. So, you know, thousands of court cases um, addressing this issue. Just recently, 3M, the US industrial company, proposed a settlement last month. So they've proposed they'll pay between 10 and a half and 12 and a half billion dollars over 13 years to hundreds of cities across the US to help them upgrade their water treatment systems to filter out a particular type of PFAS. And there've been other agreements with companies who were spun off from DuPont, including Camors and Corteva and the sort of the residual sort of DuPont that came out as well. But this is just the early stages of this. If you compare it to other sort of major settlements in the past, so like tobacco is about $200 billion, asbestos about $200 billion. You know, if you think about how broadly PFAS have been used and you know, the cost of removing that from systems, it's going to be a very significant amount of money that's going to go on for a very long time. And again, if you are a solution provider in this space, then that's an opportunity for you from a you know from a from a business point of view as well. And and those opportunities are very broad. So it, it includes consulting companies that put together programs to resolve the issue. It's companies who make testing equipment, it's companies who run labs, it's companies who run the systems, it's companies who make filtration products to remove it from the water supply. So, you know, a lot of opportunities there to do good and to make money doing it. And this just adds another part of the theme for water. So you think about these long-term drivers such as climate change, PFAS, all of these things sort of providing a really good tailwind for companies who are providing solutions in the space. So, you know, much more to come on the PFAS front from the water investment theme in the future. Justin, thank you. As, as you say, the opportunities seem to offer considerable scope for those businesses that can come up with solutions to some of these issues. Thank you very much for joining me and we'll look forward to talking to you again before not too long to hear more about how your investments in water look to identify those companies and solutions that can really move the dial on dealing with some of these issues. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights 
at viewpoint.bnpparibar-am.com. Viewpoint brings commentary and analysis in a variety of formats from investment outlooks to asset allocation videos and podcasts to help investors make better informed decisions. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. And just before we go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash bnppam slash playlist and tap or click on Talking Heads. For those listeners who have devices with Alexa, you can ask Alexa to enable Investment Insights or search for Investment Insights on Amazon under the category Alexa Skills. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Andy Craig, and Justin Winter, Portfolio Manager from Impacts Asset Management. Please do join us again next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.